the Lord has given me this spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will, not spiritual wisdom and understanding as a result of this. I'm walking in the manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord is good. All the time. I just want to remind us of something briefly. Let's start again from the book of Amos chapter 3. We are going to read a number of scriptures today and we are going to pray. But what I want to remind us of is the importance of that is our importance, each one of us, and as a group, that is as believers in Christ Jesus, the importance of our role in what God is doing on the earth. And let me start from verse 1, even though where we are going is verse 7. Verse, seven. verse 8, we're going to read, stop around verse 8, but because it's a bit of a long read, I'm going to jump here and there. Say, hear this word which the Lord has spoken against you, sons of Israel, against the entire family which you brought up from the land of Egypt. You only have I chosen among all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Please, this is not Old Testament talk. This is eternal talk. When God chooses you, your own standards are higher. Bear it in mind. When the Lord chooses you, when he calls you, he forgives you, he washes you with the precious blood of Jesus, then he holds you to a higher standard than every other person. He said, you only have I chosen among all the families of the earth. Therefore, I have no choice. I will punish you for your iniquities. The two men walk together except they have made an appointment or they are agreed. Does the lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? If you see in verse 6, he said, if a, trumpet, if a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people tremble? If a calamity occurs in a city, has not the Lord done it? Surely, the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. A lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? I want to stop reading that verse 8. Please notice that surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. So when the Lord speaks, each of the servants must prophesy. That's what that verse 8 tells us. Please, let's bear that in mind. When the Lord speaks, we must prophesy. This is a reminder, something we know here very well, that when the Bible says that God reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets, it's not for entertainment, it's for a purpose. Why does he re- reveal his secret counsel? It is because he wants the counsel fulfilled. God does not have that counsel and keep it permanently so that it will not be fulfilled. He reveals the counsel to his servants, and that is the prophets. And that's because they have to prophesy to initiate the fulfillment. Please bear it in mind. I've said again and again, prophecy is not 
um, prediction. Prophecy is given so we can activate the fulfillment thereof. If God gives a prophetic word, he expects us to work with him. I mean, say, not work now, but to exercise diligently certain activities so that the prophetic word will be fulfilled. If he says, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What that means is that there must be a moving church because the gate there represents um, the gate represents the defense of hell against the invasion of his territory. I hope you get my point. That is, you fence a city. The access into the city is a gate. So what God is saying is that if the church is moving, there is no obstruction. Communism can say no Bible in this place. Saudi Arabia can say no Bible in this place. But if the church is moving, every obstruction put in the path of the advancement of the truth of the church of God will definitely fall down. I hope you're getting my point. That's what he said. That's what he was saying. So when Jesus said that, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell. So it means that there must be an advancing church. Then that advancing church will take that prophetic word and use it to pull down obstructions. Do you get my point? So if they say that, no, this village, nobody can come. They say that uh, uh, the one shrine has made a decree. When you hear it, just collect that scripture. Against this decree, we speak. Upon this rock, his church has been built. And the gates of hell, no gate of hell will be able to prevail against that. Now, just by uttering that, you have pulled down every restriction that certain negative or the, the demonic forces put over the advance of the gospel into that area. Do you get my point? So anytime God gives a prophetic word, it is not for us to watch and say, when will it happen? It's for us to pick it up and say, now it's time for it to happen. Then we'll start doing battle with those words. I hope you're getting my point. It's not for observation. It's not for admiration. There are weapons of war issued. Please let me digress again and give us counsel. Read your scriptures. What did I say? Read your scriptures. Let me say another thing. Know your scriptures. You must know the word of God. You must know the word of God. There is no challenge that comes to you in this life that the word of God has not spoken something about. I like the reference quote there. Is every provision, how did you say it again? All God's provisions are in his promises. Every provision God has made for you is in his promise. There is absolutely nothing that can come across your way that God has not spoken about. You don't overcome by your determination or your desire. You overcome by your knowledge of what God said. And you now issue that word against the obstruction. That's why you must know your scriptures. You must know your scriptures. The scriptures were given for us to do battle. Paul wrote a set of instructions for Timothy and said, I've written this based upon the prophetic word that came. Now you're going to take the prophetic word and these instructions I've given you and use them to do what? Warfare. Use them to fight. You use them to fight. Please, let me repeat this. Now. I've said over I'm, I'm, nothing less than a few hundreds of times. The life of the believer is a life of grace. What did I say? The life of the believer is a life of grace. The life of, the a life of grace. What, that, what does that mean? It means that you do something small, God does something big. You know what they call grace? Let me tell you what grace is. There are a number of air conditioners in this hall. To put them on and off, a child could do it. A child. 
A five-year-old will just go over there, climb that chair, and pull that switch, and the ACs are on. Throw it the other way, they will be off. It doesn't have to know what compressors are, or how to generate 220 volts of energy, or how many uh, amps for each one of them. Total amount of wattage being consumed. It doesn't know. Just through the switch. I hope you're getting my point. What powers the ACs, the, the electricity? Generated somewhere far away from here. Transmitted so, you know, along very long, high-tension cables. Step down at our substation. Further step down at the transformer near in the neighborhood. Uh, what, what's the child's problem with all of this? Just put the switch and the AC is on. So how God generates his power is not your problem. I hope you're getting my point. However, for that power to benefit you, there is one thing you will do. There is something it gives to you to do. When you do that, power is released. Now, that, what I have just described, you doing something small and he doing, he doing something big is called grace. Grace is always activated. Grace does not flow automatically. It flows as a result of certain activities of activation. That is, if God says to Abraham, I'm going to make you great, Abraham has to get up. Abraham has to go. In going, grace will go with him. In going, grace will open doors for him. In going, grace will make him rich. In going, grace will bring Isaac into his life. In going, Isaac will receive the ability to be productive. Now, I'm going to say something here. Grace is activated by faith. Paul explained it in Romans chapter 4. He said it has to be by faith that it might be in accordance with grace. Grace is not the way by which God overlooks your mistakes. That's not what grace is. Grace is divine power released because you believe God. And you are doing what God says you should do in your own little way. I hope you're getting my point. Activation of the power of God usually is one something small he will tell us to do. You don't solve all the problems in your life. Many people don't realize it. Go and check again. Let's go over that again. John open to you. We're just going to quote it. Joshua chapter 1. He said, this book of the law, what did it tell you? Be strong and be courageous. I'm going to make you possess all these cities. You are going to help the people possess the cities. Take over the inheritance. He said, you just need to be what? Strong and courageous. But we look at it closer again. He said, where is the courage supposed to be? He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but it shall meditate therein day and night. If we go and check it. The courage, the primary courage of Joshua was in meditation. The primary courage of Joshua was in paying attention to the word. Why? Because everything will structure themselves to distract you from that attention. There will be reason to get up early. There will be reason to leave the house early. To forget the word. There will be really reason. Listen. Again, let me do further digression. Please, decide what you want to do with your time and fight for it. Please, I'm not saying this because my name is uh, uh, Pastor Banky, and then we founded Kingdom World Ministries, and then I like when people come for Kingdom World Ministries. I like when you come, honestly, I do. I do, I really do. But just as another aside within an aside, okay? My main joy is that I say the things I'm saying, and it's recorded, and it's archived. It's not in the number of people that physically... And, you know, if I want, we are doing radio recording. You know, we are like two or three, literally, gathered in his name. And as those who come, I preach with this amount of favor. In fact, I preach maybe sometimes with more energy because there's nobody to laugh with. I preach constantly. So please bear this in mind. 
that I'm not trying to encourage you that I want to come for Bible study regularly. Most of you who are listening to me are not even here. Routinely, those who log in, they will watch us from afar. They are more than those who are physically present. Do you get my point? Uh-huh. So, and I'm not asking them to come from uh, UK to come to Enugu for Bible study. I'm not asking them to come from Lagos to Enugu for Bible study. They're not coming from Portacourt. I'm not going to come from Benue. I'm just teaching you something. Please, if it is time to go for school of prayer, make sure you go. Fight every other thing that wants to struggle for your time. If it's time to go and hear the word, go. If it is time, listen, I'm, I know what I'm trying to say. Fight hard. Fight very hard. Any friend that comes to visit you at 4.30, as you're about to go for Bible study, he's coming with you. Then he say, ah, okay. I was just about to get ready to go. Thank God you came. Let us go. Not to now call and tell your friend, please, I will not be able to come because I have a visitor. Your head, let me not say more than that. <laughs> tell the person, let us go. Why? This is an important time. You know what I'm saying? When God said to Joshua, courage. He was saying, you need courage to be able to tell your friends, ah, sorry, oh, that party is starting by five. Don't worry, guys, I'll come by seven. Why seven? We are going to be declaring the war from five to seven. It takes courage. It is courage, listen to this, to have exams starting next week, Monday. And Tuesday, you still come here to come and hear the word of God and prophesy the word of God. And still show up to fellowship on Saturday. It takes courage. It takes courage to say, no, 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 please, exam, you will wait. That is reading, you will wait. After all, if you manage your time well, those few hours that you take out is not your problem. Better switch off your social media handle. You save more time that way. Courage. The primary place we exercise courage is in focusing on the word of God. So Joshua was supposed to do that. So he said, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate therein day and night. He said, listen, this is how it goes. Hey, please get my point. People often try to obey God. Do you know, I realize God has never said Anybody should obey him. I hope you're angry. I know you are waiting for me to explain. You know there must be an explanation. So this is my trick, not to work again. Let me find another one, Abby. God never said anybody should obey him. What did he say they should do? They should listen to him. There's a difference. God didn't say obey me. He said do what? Listen to me. You may say, it's not the same thing. No. To listen means to use your ears. The literal Hebrew says, if you read your Bible, like in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses was speaking, if you shall diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Most of all, look at if you shall obey. Some Bible can say, if you shall obey. No, he didn't say so. Literal Hebrew says, if you shall listen, listening. That's what he said. If you shall listen, that Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you shall, don't open to it. If you shall listen, listening. If you shall listen, listening. That's what he said. He said, now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments. That's the Englishman trying to explain it. That's, I'm using the American standard. That's what he says. That's, that's one I just read that. Yes, the American standard. But literal Hebrew says, if you shall listen, listening. That's why King James says, if you shall diligently hearken. Hearken is to pay attention. If you shall, let me see. If you check some other translations, they make that very clear. The concept, the, read, the way the, Moses said is, if you shall listen, listening. 
You say, what's the difference between that? So God doesn't want obedience. No, he does, actually. But he says, the power to obey is my power, not yours. You don't have the power to obey. The only power I've given you is to pay attention. Obedience is by the Spirit. Did you hear what I said? Obedience is by the Spirit. I heard the testimony of one man recently. I can't remember where I heard it. You know, I hear things all kinds of places. But the man used to smoke. Now, if you're addicted to drugs, hmm, you will understand. If you've never been addicted to anything, you won't get what we're saying. So may God forgive you for not understanding. One of the easiest things to break the addiction of substance is cigarette smoking. Do you get my point? Among the substances, cigarette is one of the easiest. But listen to me, it's extremely difficult. Did you hear what I said? If you compare it with cocaine, heroin, and coke, cigarette is one of the easiest to break. However, that cigarette smoking in itself is baba hard. It's very hard. You don't want to be addicted to anything. Addiction is spiritual, is spirit, is a demonic possession. Another force bigger than you takes hold of you. Most people, you hear celebrities in the U.S., they go for rehabilitation. They are addicted to alcohol. They are addicted to drugs, cigarettes, cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, all kinds of things. They go, they've been in rehab for a year, six months. They spend a lot of money. Do you know within a year of coming out, 90% are back. Addiction is hard to break. Now, I'm trying to explain something here. So if God says stop smoking, you think he's advising you? God has more sense than you. He knows it is hard. Please, I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, he knows it is hard. If he says stop smoking, don't think he's telling you, you know, you go through the seven steps of stopping. No. This is how God listens to me. When the Lord says stop smoking, stop smoking is not a word of counsel. Stop smoking is ability. When he says it, by saying it, you know what he has done? He has thrown ability in your direction. You will not use your own energy to say, this regret. No, it's not like that. What God says is that, what did I say? Stop smoking. What did I say? Stop smoking. Every time, you know what you do? You just stop, just continue to pay attention to him. Stop smoking. He says, stop smoking. This man, I heard him. I'm telling you somebody's testimony. He had this problem with cigarettes. Now, I can't remember the details. Now, I can't remember what I had over the last two weeks or so. The guy had this serious addiction to cigarettes. So he tried, he gave his life to Christ. He needed to stop smoking. He could not stop. So the person counseled him and said, don't worry, continue smoking. But keep paying attention to the word. Did you hear what I said? The person said, don't worry about it. No, cigarette. Don't worry about the cigarette. Thank God it's not going to kill you tomorrow. You know, like. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Continue smoking. Pick the cigarette, light it. And I keep on paying attention to the word. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Scriptures like that. The person gave me scriptures. Just come. Oh, don't worry about cigarettes. Smoke, smoke, smoke. But please, while you are smoking, don't take your eyes away from the word. So I gave him scriptures. So the guy obeyed. I told you, the, 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 the courage is where? In obedience. So the guy kept on studying scriptures. He would light his cigarette and study the scriptures. Keep smoking. 
I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Changes. You can just come. The guy said, don't worry about it. Then, now, let me try and paint the picture. It goes to the point where he will light the cigarette. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. The cigarette will burn through and through. He won't inhale it once. You light another one. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Because I've, been, I've, I've died and I'm risen with Christ. In, you know, with, with Christ. I'm sitting at the hand. You know, he just kept on confessing the scriptures. Then, next, the smell of cigarette began to irritate him. The very smell. And after a while, he hated the sight of cigarette. Then one day he looked and said, hey, when last did I smoke? He couldn't remember. You know what delivered him? The word. If you ask him seven keys to deliver from cigarette smoking, he has none. That's why he said the word of God is alive and what? Active. The word can read genome. It can read your genes. Remove one, insert another one. That's what we call gene silencing. You look at one gene, get plaster, zip his mouth. So you, be silent. Look for another gene that has not been talking all this while. Get uh, one injection. Hey, wake up. Listen, the word behaves like an embodiment of, think about it, the smartest scientist, the best doctor, the smartest engineer, the best politician, the smartest military strategist, the bravest warrior, all of it put into one. That's how the word behaves. Just keep declaring it. It goes to the place of action, and it does its work. That man was told, don't worry, why are you struggling with cigarettes? Cigarettes are here, you meet. He said, just focus on the word. So the word came in and went and killed the cigarette smoking ability. Every failure in the life of a believer is tied to distraction from the word of God. That's all. That, so Satan, hey, I want to pray for everybody who's involved in anything. Fight, no matter how, fight. Your fight is for that time with the word. That, that, that's your fight. That's your fight. The time with the word. You can prosper so much. You know, before you wake up in the morning, time missed calls. Your secretary has been calling. People are waiting for you in the office. Fight. If, if you make up your mind, it's 30 minutes every morning with the word. 45 minutes every morning with the word. Fight for that time. Fight for it. Fight for it. Set an alarm. Wake up at 3 a.m. And do it first. Then go back to sleep. I hope you're getting my point. So when you wake up, you've, you've done the word side. Don't get so busy, so prosperous that the word is taken away from you. Because that is where grace is injected through. Failure in the life of believers is tied to distraction from the word. That's what it is. You know, I read it in the scriptures. God gave one commandment to the kings that Israel will have. It had to do with the word. So these commandments I'm giving, anytime you have a king, give it to the king. Tell him, make your own copy. Can you imagine? Type your own Bible. Copy your own Bible. Don't photocopy it, hand copy it. That's what he told them. Then when you finish hand copying it, you start reading it. When you finish reading it, you start reading it. When you finish reading it, then you start again. Then when you have finished now this last time, you start all over again. Then when you've done with that, you start again. When you have now finished it entirely, read the whole book, all the laws, thank God you finished, then you start all over again. You know what he said? This he shall do all the days of his life. 
This he shall do all the days of his life. Why? So that he will be careful to observe, to do all the things that are there. Let me not ask um, Joshua. That way he will make his way prosperous and have good success. Go and read your Bible. Even Solomon did not do it. The only person that did it, we think, David. I can't even remember whether he made his own copy. They didn't bother. They were so, you know, Jeroboam started with how to maintain the structure, the political structure. That was the first thing Jeroboam did. And that was the foundation of failure. Failure came because they did not obey this simple instruction. There are things you must fight for in your life. Don't fight for your money. Don't fight for promotion in the office. Don't. Fight for the word. People relocate to get better pay, right? Please relocate to get better word if it's necessary. Nothing wrong with relocating to go and say, ah, the word is going to work. Okay, I'm not going to. Let me just go and spend two months there. I like live streaming, you know. Live streaming is good, amen? Do you believe listening to the word remotely is good? Is it good or bad? It's good. But you know what? It's on level two. Level one is physical presence. Level two is this electronic transmission. They are okay, but that's on level one. For example, if you are in Edugu here with us, please don't stay in Abakwa and tell me I will stream. Stay independently and say, I will stream. I will join them online. Don't join them online if there is a possibility of joining them physically with a little bit of effort, even if it's much effort. Don't. Listen, the way we treat the word, you know, it speaks volume in the realm of the spirit. It speaks volumes in the realm of the spirit. It speaks volumes. It speaks. You know, there's something Amplifier said. Pay attention to how you listen. He said, the amount of thought and study you give to the word that you hear determines the amount of virtue that will be released towards you. It is not just the knowledge of letters that determines whether you'll be blessed by the word or not. It's not just the knowledge of letters. There's an attitude you have towards the word. Hey, I don't want to go deep into that. There's an, listen, there's an attitude you will have. It will be palpable to those who are around you. It is that attitude that God blesses. That is why it is possible for Moses, um, um, Abraham to hear one word once. He is more blessed than those of us that play the same word and hear it over and over every day, 365 days in a year. He did not have our technological device. Those devices we have these days, he didn't have them. But the word came to him and it was resounding in his head. It's important you make the word resound in your head. I believe that in the days of Abraham, God gave him a spiritual, gave people like that, him, David, Moses, and co. He gave them a spiritual recording device. Not a joke. They played the word back to them verbatim. Most of us don't have it these days. Yeah, why don't we have it? It's a displacement of, um, how do I say it? Because we have technology, that became less necessary. Those people those days, they had the ability to recall. 
Look, they could recount things extremely easily because writing was not so easy. Recording did not have, was not available, electronic recording. So you told the story. They would repeat the story without missing a word. It became part of their culture. That's how come the Bible could be pulled down accurately hundreds of years after, um, thousands of years after Adam. You know Adam was alive to the time of the flood, just before the flood. The person that died before the flood last was Methuselah. So they heard words directly. Oh, you never considered that before? Oh, no, go and check it. They used to live like seven, eight generations side by side. Now, now that people are living just 180, 90 years, they still live up to three, four generations side by side. Consider those who are now living up to 800 years. Even they started having children at the age of 120. They used to have earlier anyway. They lived with their generation, children up to eight generations. Methuselah was the one, was the last of that generation to die before the flood. And his name, Methuselah, means after, after his death, the deluge will come. I hope you're getting my point. Now, what I'm going to bring out is that so, that's how come they could document things for us later. Because God gave them the ability to recall in extreme details. I believe. People like Adam and Abraham, that's what they used. The Lord would tell him, walk before me and be perfect. And that word plays in his head again and again. Now I'm going somewhere. You need to also make the word play in your head all the time. You know how you do that? You probably didn't, well, we didn't develop that ability that those men had. But now we must develop it. And one easy way I found out is just electronically, God didn't give this, didn't give the electronic devices. Because of Davido. I can assure you, he wasn't thinking of whiskey when he gave it. Those people are the distractions to the real purpose. That's not a joke. I mean it literally. Those are the distractions to the real purpose. People that engage your flesh so much, you forget your spirit. The real reason why the Lord gave these devices is fill your air with it. As of today, Please, can I just quickly drop this? There are pastors who say that, bring your Bible to church. You know, I don't preach that kind of thing. Do you even see Bible with me? If you see me with this Bible, I forgot this one at home. Let's be honest with ourselves. If you see me with this, I forgot this at home. If the Bible says, bring your Bible to church. The Bible never said so. The Bible knew scrolls. And let me assure you something. You could not have brought your scrolls to church. 66 scrolls. You will come with your donkey. Donkey has to park inside church. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, it would have been difficult for you. All right? There were huge scrolls, not up to 66 anyway, but there were huge scrolls. All right? Now, I'm running something. People have made a lot of big that no, you should have a paper Bible. Listen, let's be real. One man said the Bible says, say the scriptures. It didn't say, punch the scriptures. Uh, that you should search. I said, uh, this is flip the scriptures. This is not search the scriptures. This is what? Flip the scriptures. I said, my own has a search button. Yours does not have a search button. This is more in keeping with the word of God. What is it? Said this. I can click. I have a search. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> now, just by the way, okay? It's good to have, um, I believe in the electronic Bibles. I'm a disciple and an apostle of electronic. What's the word I want to use now? Biblication. All right, let's leave it like that. You like that? I invented it. It will last long. <laughs> I'm an apostle and disciple of electronic publication. 
And what is my reason? If you want to know my reason, first, please, I agree totally that you should not have allow your device distract you in church. I always say if your screen is less than four inch, it does not qualify when where I'm present. So I've increased if it's less than five inch screen, it doesn't qualify. I think it's not the Bible. Get a Bible. Personally, your Bible, in my opinion, has to be 5.5 inch and above. This is my one, I think, is 8 inch. This one is 6.5. All right? Now, if you are using an electronic Bible, please make sure it is the, uh, what do you call this? The communications is off. If it's using SIM card or whatever, off the network. Wi-Fi, off. Why? So that you won't get messages. I hope I get my point. That is wrong. That's why many people say what they say. It's wrong. I think it's absolutely out of order for you to be there and do things. If it's your Bible, there should be a reading device at that particular point in time. Now, many of them just wake up and start disturbing the people around you. So I like the device I use. It has a what they call do not disturb function. Once you put it on, it never activates anything. So advisable to use that also. If you have to, don't disturb people in church. But let's get back to the reason why I like electronic devices. I was going to say something. In this day and age, I request that everybody should get an electronic device that can play both Bible and messages. That's portable. It's part of your faith building um, no, device, accessories. Yes, that's what I was looking for. It's one of your faith building accessories. Get a device Look, if you pick my phone at any particular point in time, you can easily strip off it at least 350 different messages. Yes. I have it. At times I remember when I wanted to counsel somebody. But then the lady finished talking to me. I said, there's a set of messages you need to hear. What, dev- what kind of device do you use? She told me. I said, good. We well, use the same kind of device. Put off this particular function. She did. Phew. Pushed everything to her in one minute. I said, listen to all of that. Your life will be, you know, your problems will be solved. I believe in using technology. I believe God gave us technology to fill our heads with praise and worship, to fill our heads with the knowledge of promises, to fill our heads, you know, with instructions from above. Please, be very careful when you are listening to music that's not edifying. If you are still listening to Shake Your Bum Bum, your head is not correct. Did you hear what I said? Especially when you're a man. Why would a woman even do such things anyway? Because the women that are told to do such things. <laughs> because when you're lying down at night, that's what you'll be hearing. You start dreaming of women with bonbon walking all over the street. In fact, bonbon will come out and be walking by itself. <laughs> because that's all you listen to. All the people that witches are pursuing is watching home video. There's nobody that watches um, maybe. Um, documentaries of Animal Planet that witches pursue. Those are only dream of snakes and baboons. <laughs> I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Fill your look. Use these accessories to fill your life. Now, just by the why do I like electronic Bibles? Just by the way, it helps me. First, I carry many versions. As I'm reading, I say, let's check the amplifier. Let's see this one. So, in one small device, thank God to, for things like you version. I can have up to five, 50 different translations. But I usually use about four. I have all four just beside me. Those days, how many people remember that fat Bible that has four columns? You need two children. One of your children can't carry it. You need the, two, the older ones to have the one to carry it. 
Not anymore. On a small phone, display two of them side by side, switch anytime. And then for me, most importantly, all the notes I've made in the last 10 years or more, I have them till now. I make my notes on my device. Okay? Very easy. I do my cross-reference. If I publish my own Bible today, you'll be amazed at how much of notes I have. Just from reading scriptures. I just, I'm, just, I'm reading, I have an understanding. I write it down. There are times I get to that particular portion later. I, I click on, anytime I'm reading, I get to some place, a place I put a note. I open the note. Many times, the note is new to me. I can't even remember writing it. That's why I personally like electronic Bibles. Why am I doing this just by the way? I've seen people campaign against electronic Bibles as if it's of the devil. As if it's not letting you study. For me, it's not like that. Though. It's been a fantastic aid to my life. It's another thing I do once in a while. I open the Bible and I let it play. The one I use uses a, a form of um, NIV. So I'll reopen NIV and the Bible is playing and I'm reading. Sometimes it's going on like that. I get the revelation. I pause. I quickly type in the understanding I just got. For me, it's been a fantastic aid. I seen pastor say, no, a Christian needs a paper Bible. Shows when you were born, bros. <laughs> it's when you were born. Some of us are very adaptable. But then, don't let it disturb in church. It is of the devil for phone to be ringing when we are preaching. It's not the will of God. For you to be checking WhatsApp when you are in church, you are going to hellfire. Uh, not exactly like that's a joke. But if you are doing Facebook while we are in church, no rapture for you. <laughs> Again, that's a joke. I hope you are getting my point. Uh, you know where the joke came from. Okay, please. Those things are not good. <laughs> okay, the Lord is good. But let me summarize everything I've said so far. Please, do whatever you need to do to fill your thoughts with scripture. Did you hear what I said? Do what you have to do. There's something the Bible advocates. My wife began to do it at the time. She's backsliding a little bit, but I believe after this one that she's hearing, she'll, she'll front slide again. It's to put scripture all over the place. She taught my children then to do it, paste it on their walls. To hang things like Psalm 23 on the wall in your bathroom is the will of God. You hear what I said? To put scripture hanging in your dining is the will of God. To have it hanging in your bedroom is the will of God. It's more important than the, those beautiful pictures of nothing. You know what they call? What do they call those things? In, in, um, is it impressionist? I don't know what they call it. Those who know art. You know, just see paint mixed up. They now hang it on the wall. Now say what? Eh? Abstract painting. Thank you. Abstract painting doesn't do any good thing for you. One day I read in one Donald Trump's book. He was talking about artwork. Why he doesn't appreciate artwork? He said he has a friend who's an artist. They want to go. The guy said, let me quickly make $10,000. The guy will just put canvas on the floor and just carry paint. Just splash it. Splash it everywhere. Then watch it and let's go. Say that's $10,000. The man painting it wasn't thinking of anything. He did it in a hurry. Just guy paint, splash, 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 and he and Donald Trump will laugh. But because he has a name, you now go and hang it, then somebody will find meaning for it. So the way this picture laid up top of this one is a sign of the mood of the, it's not a mood of anything. The guy was just threw the paint randomly. 
What am I saying? Instead of that, put a beautiful big one there. Put a scripture there. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great. And great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O king of the nations? For it is your due. Write it there. You cannot put a bird beside it. Or put a roko tree beside it. Anything you like. Or put a scripture. It's more important than this $10,000 abstract painting that you put there. You've seen people who wear all this rubber. Eh? What do they call it? These bands in here. You now put the name of the church. Kingdom World Ministries. If the name of your church is the one that's on your own, tear it away. It's of the devil. Okay, now. The pastor bank, yes. Don't let Satan destroy, disturb you. Why should, what, your, your church owns you. If I see one you did with Kingdom World Ministries on it, and that's the only thing on it, I will tear from your hand, and I will rebuke you in Jesus' name. What should I put it there? The Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. Then if you like, put the logo of your church in one tiny corner. You can't just take a whole band and write Redemption of God on it. You think it will get you to, hell, uh, to, to heaven? No. Apostle. So people are looking at me like, what's wrong with this guy? I like the kind of things I say. Yeah, you know, people get carried away by nonsense. How can you go and do rubber band and the label of a church? That's the only thing that's on it. Are you okay? If you want to write and say, powered by Kingdom World Ministries, I can understand. Just put small logo, KWM there, so you will know who gave it to you. But what should be on it? You're not property of any church. In fact, I have one for you. Just write, Jesus' property. That's better. Redeemed in Christ. Living for Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus. Do you know what? Do you know the scripture? Deuteronomy chapter 6 says you should do that. Find whatever you need to do to fill your life with what? The word of God. Just fill everywhere. Fill it. Fill it. Fill it. Fill it. Let messages play all around you. Why am I saying so? This is how Christians win. It is not by their struggle. It's by the release of the power of God through faith activities that they're involved in. When the word of God fills your head, you react to everything with the word. When the epidemic is coming, say no evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling place. That word drives back epidemics. That word will kill bacteria, kill viruses. It's not 17 keys to not being infected. No. It's when you heard the news, how did you react? You say, oh, Ukraine crisis, uh, oil is now, um, has over $140 a barrel. And that means the price of petrol, oh, God. In UK, in the last few days, the, the pump price of fuel has doubled. Somebody even gave us the one in Ghana, doubled. Doubled. All over the world, people say, hitting homes in Europe now, price. People were hitting their homes for 300 pounds a month. They are having to pay like 600, 650 without any notice. Just come, EED, EED London, just give you. <laughs> or LEDs. <laughs> they just give you a bill. Say, what happened? Say, they are fighting Ukraine. For that reason, the price of everything has gone up. Same thing in America. Some people look and say, hey, go with politics like the Mayor Putin. 
Are we the one that we're not going to pay for this invasion? But if you are filled with the word, you just answer. The young lions can lack and suffer hunger. Those that seek the Lord will not lack anything good. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The sun shall not smite. Listen, this scripture I want to give you applies perfectly to that. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. That thing, you know what it means? You will have a home, it will have heat, it will have air conditioning, whatever is needed to make it comfortable. That's what it says. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. That's what that scripture says. So they tell you that heating, if you are there in the UK, it said the cost of heating has doubled. Utter the word. The sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. How will he arrange it? It's none of your business. It's called grace. It's called grace. It's not any of your business how he's going to arrange it. That's why I said everything. I said by electronic, by device and everything. Do whatever you need to do to fill your head. So that the word will be reverberating. You know what I mean by reverberating? You say it like this. You hit that wall, bounce back, hit you, knock your head. Just be hitting you from every angle. You cannot survive fitting on a few verses of scripture only on Sunday mornings. If you now go to a motivational church, your case is even worse. You know motivational church? You can do it. You can do it. Rise up and do it. You can do it. What you are doing, we don't know. It's in your hands. I was in one church, one day, one guy was preaching. said, my message to you this morning is, is in your hands. I look at the guy. It's not your fault now. Now you make money from lying to bankers and to investors. I want to come to church and continue the deception. Nonsense. It's not in your hands. It's in the Lord's hands. Hallelujah. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Anything you do without Jesus is nothing. If you like build a 10-story building, if Jesus is not in it, you have just built what? Nothing. That's what you need. You become a motivate, motivate. Motiv- motiv- <laughs> Nonsense. We'll be motivating. I tell you, look, once I told you, they called me motivational speaker one time. Anybody who called me that, because they were motivated by the words I spoke on radio, the days of the way of success, I refused to talk to them. Invite me, motivational speaker. I went to preach in the back lake. Medical students, uh, my association, uh, the CMDA, they call it, Christian Medical and Dental Association. As soon as I entered the hall, plenty of them, there were hundreds of them. I saw the big, big booklets they printed. I saw my name in it. And under it, they wrote, motivational speaker, Bible teacher. In my mind, all of them don't jam today. As soon as they called me up, I came up. I said, how many people have this thing in your hand? They all had it. I said, open to page. I said, my picture was on page 8. I said, open to page 8. Did you see my name there? Yes. Dr. Banco Leolution. I said, that is it. Under it, what did they write? Motivational speaker. I said, all of you, cancel it. Yeah, bring out your pen. Everybody cancel it. I said, cancel it. I made them cancel it. If I started preaching. Everybody, I made everybody cancel it. Wipe it off. Nonsense. I said, did Jesus motivate Lazarus? Lazarus, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do what? Lazarus didn't even have ears. The ears are rotten away. They're rotten away. The brain, listen, I know this job. The brain turns to pap. You know what they call pap? Akamu. That same color. I want you to, you know that slimy 
Human brain. Yuck, thank you very much. It does that. Listen, person died today in that hot environment. Within two days, the whole brain is pap. So how can you motivate Lazarus? You can do it. Take one step. You can live again. Nonsense. <laughs> he spoke to him, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus found himself at the door. He was bound. That's why I said, lose him and let him go. The man was still bound. So he didn't become free because he was motivated. He became, he lived because he was given life. He that believes in me, though he dies, yet he shall live. I am the resurrection and the life. Let's bear that in mind, though. No motivating nothing. That's just by the way. So if you go to a church where they are motivating you, your life is even worse than before. You'll be motivated, you'll die like a tree with, with a, you know what they call trichula? Ah, you don't know what they call trichula. I'll tell you what, if you want to kill a tree, those days when I was younger, I don't know about now. We learned it from my dad. We'll peel the tree, take brush, put it inside the thing, and paint, you know, just peel the back until you see raw, you know. You now paint it on it. Come back after this. The leaves start withering. The thing will die from the root. When I was older, I now found out how tree killer works. I say, yeah. Tree killer is wicked. You know how it does? It tricks the tree. The tree starts growing fast. The tree outgrows its ability to absorb nutrients. To now die. Many people have been motivated. That's what killed them. The tree killed them. You can do it. You can move. You can't move. They realize that your leg is behind. <laughs> you can do it. You can move. That's all that. At the end of the day, no energy again. By the time you slow down, boom, he died on the spot. It's called tree killer effect. Motivational speaking without the life of Christ is a tree killer effect. So, we believers, how is grace released? Is interaction with the word. That's it. We just imbibe, swallow, fill our heads with the word. So that when life speaks to us, we give it back. Without thinking about it, it's not like, eh, you want to scare me. No. I don't think when Jesus was resisting the devil, he was like, devil, I know Bible. Yeah, quote your own. No. It was just a normal reaction to everyday situation. If you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. Have you not read the Bible before? It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. It is not a matter of, who. <clears throat> oh. Man, <laughs> no, just normal. It's like, bros, leave me. Man shall not live by bread alone. The way they will tell you, ah, you need this. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses, and you go back to sleep. So what's the only? You, you don't have ambition. Sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. I see you guys when I wake up. And later you find out that that word delivered you from all the, the person who's telling you what happened is now in prison. You did not join them because you gave a word. The word moved them away from you, sent them to their jail, and kept you in freedom. That's how grace works. Let's never ever forget it. Grace is, I told you, God didn't say anybody, obey me. What did he say? Listen to me. Pay attention to me. God didn't say, obey me. What did he say? Listen to me or pay attention to me. Once they paid attention, obedience was created. Did you get what I said? 
Obedience was a sign of attention paid. It's proof that you paid attention. The key is attention. But obedience is proof that you paid attention. So if you find disobedience in your life, don't try to, don't try to obey. Go and do what? Pay more attention. That's what you need to do. So don't ever forget that. So we believers, now let me get back to our teaching for you. That's a digression, really, a very big one. So that's how grace works. That's how grace works. So God gives us something small to do. That's why I use that one to illustrate. He said, pay attention, respond to the issues of life with the word that's reverberating around your spirit. And that word will go out and solve problems. That word will go out and make the right decisions for you. If you don't know what to do and you keep on meditating on the word of God, God will shut all options and leave only one for you. That's the word. The word just decided for you. Sometimes you just make every other thing clear. It will just be so clear that only this you could do. The other one, you can't possibly do it. Sometimes you just go and shut down all the other options. Like I was sharing, was it? Yeah, on Saturday. I explained. It's not to go for the scripture. I'm going to be looking for keys and principles. It's the testimony of Jesus. Just focus. Focus on him. That word will come and take care of things. It will heal sicknesses you did not even know. All right? We're planning to develop. Because all these things are ordained. I'm telling you the truth. Some people have written that by next year, June, you are going to have this kind of problem. If you start in this part of your brain, go down the spinal cord, you become paralyzed from the neck downwards, and you will die after two months. Not kidding. It's written for people all the time. You see, this tumor will develop here, spread here, punish you for eight months, kill you in the ninth month. And it's written for a lot of people. When you give your life to Christ, that decree cancelled. But many times, you know what? Processes have started. You know, I told the story of one of my friends who said that he always used to hear it. You know, he used to have this strong feeling that I wouldn't live beyond a particular age. Something, 30 something. I can't remember the exact figure. Let's just say 35 or 34. And he used to have this feeling that somebody was following him about. You'll be alone in the room. Suddenly you wake up. And go and check who's there. Open the door of the bathroom. There's nobody there. How come I feel there's somebody there? He's living, he wakes up, and somebody's standing beside the bed. He looks, there's nobody there. Later on, I understood that to be the spirit of death. Who had been told to mark him and was going to kill him at a particular date. Then he gave his life to Christ. And you know what happened to him? He stopped having that feeling. He just stopped. The feeling never came again. He didn't even know the day he stopped. Said, so, but a few days to that birthday that he said he wouldn't live beyond. Remember that day? He was going somewhere, a part of the, the city here, and so, two armed robbers who are stolen somebody else's car. And you know the car was in the back of that one. They just crossed him. One just came out, pulled the gun. That is, he didn't, no, not like he struggled with them, nothing. Actually, he, he parked, he wanted to go into a compound, he was waiting for them to open the gate. They just parked near him. One just pulled out the gun, aimed at him, and shot point blank. Twam! Did he die? No, he was not telling me the story. He said just before that, he had moved the, his friend had said, move the wind down or wind up, something like that. So he moved the glass up a bit to a particular level. In such a manner that when that guy shot at him, the mechanism that moves the car caught the bullet. 
He found that one out later. The person who was in the back of the car they were carrying saw them. And I see, God gave me understanding of some spiritual things. The picture that was supposed to be was what he saw. He saw him shot. He saw him die. So, because they abandoned him and his car and took the other car and ran away. So he went to the police to go and report. And in his statement, he told them that they killed, he wrote it, that they killed the, the driver of the other car that they took. When he was making that statement, he too walked into the station. And he heard him explain to the, to the policeman. He asked the guy, oh, is he like, oh, he said, okay, it's my car. I'm the one that was driving. The guy said, no, I saw them. They killed you. And the guy said, no, I'm okay. He said, no, I saw the guy. I saw him shoot you. The guy said, no, look at me. I'm fine. Later on, they found the bullet where it was lodged just between him and the guy who fired. I'm not telling the story. The day of death had been set for him. Events had been set in motion that will bring it to pass. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, events had been set in motion to bring it to pass. However, he gave his life to Christ. That same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead began to walk in him. And the word went out and blocked it and reversed that decree. But I allowed the event to play. And of course, he told me the story years after that happened. He was still alive and he's still alive and well till today. What am I going to say? Many times, the word will cure problems today. That's supposed to come to your life in five years' time. Don't joke with this word, though. Don't joke with it. They give us a new system of preventing problems later in life. Today, I was, you know, <laughs> I was in the office. I opened my phone. Somebody said, have your eye tested for glaucoma. The guy happens to be my classmate. And is the head of the national eye policy on something, something, something. So he said, all of us will come and check our eyes for glaucoma. I laughed. Then... <laughs> You see what I'm laughing in a moment? So I, I, I read it out to my, some of my colleagues. I said, see you. I said, this same platform, somebody told us a few days ago that we should come and check um, colon. I said, the other day, somebody said we we'll check another one. And that one said, okay, please check your prostate. All of us now, we're in the age where we should be checking prostate. They've been telling the women to check the breast after some time. I said, we'll become a muscle. Check, 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 check. So the guy I'm talking to, he's a pathologist. He said, I think they should die. Let's conduct autopsy. <laughs> Everybody's promoting his own profession now. <laughs> profession. He said, okay. Yes, and he said, please, all of you, I mean, I die, we'll conduct autopsy. Find out what killed you. <laughs> I just laughed. I said, how many things will you check now? They tell you, check your heart, check your eyes. Check your teeth, of course. They tell women, check this, check that man, check this one, check this one. What won't you check? Should I give you the word of God? The word of God is alive and is active. Smarter than any ten-headed doctor. I hope you're getting my point. And it cure diseases 20 years before they plan to start. All you need to do is load up on that word. You know the truth? The, the word checks. Oh. oh, the word checks. The word will look at all your red cells one by one. See? Who's out of order today? The word removes the bad ones and put in good ones. Check all the cells in your body. Say, wait, 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 this lump, why are you growing in this breast? The woman will sneeze. Think it's kata. It's not. It's cancer of the breast that came out of the nose. And she flushed down the toilet. That's how the world decided to remove it. A man will say, ah, my stomach is running. You go to the toilet, 
do a watery one and get up. Say, I feel good because that's cancer of the colon. I just flushed it out. You cough, <coughs> and this cough won't let me rest. Because it won't let you rest for three days. You are coughing up every root of, of lung cancer. Demons, when they go out, sometimes they go out in such a coughing manner. One of these cancers, they are demons. You will cough and cough. You say, what is wrong with me? God said, no, nothing is wrong with you. I'm treating you. I'm treating you. I'm treating you. I'm treating you. Listen. The word is alive and is active. What did I say? The word is alive and is active. Please let me just, oh God, I'm going to get to my message, but I think we should, we should stay on this one for small. <laughs> okay. There's just one thing we need to do. What is the payment we pay here all the time? There's a, way, there's a reason why God gave us that word. Pay to go with attention. Because it's cost. You know, one of the most difficult things for many people to do is to pay attention. You know that? We're talking today about a particular young man. Reverend Yinka said the problem is that he can't sit still. And if you have this, I can't still still spirit, you have to pray against it. Or is it sit down to hear the word of God? Some people, <laughs> you know, you can ask my wife those days. If we're in the house, you know, there's a natural thing. I'm sharing what you want to be folding clothes meanwhile. Do you get my point? You know, the idea is that, you see, folding clothes doesn't cost anything. I tell her, so baby, leave the clothes, sit down. I said, no, you can't cut nails when I'm sharing the word. You know, to be cutting your nails. Uh-huh. So, yeah. uh-huh. don't file, don't, no filing, no filing. No, no, you can't cut the nails. You can't. If the aim is to share the word, then you can't do any other thing. I've said this before. If, you are, if the primary thing you want to do is to wash clothes, are you getting my point? You can play messages to accompany it. That's not bad because the main thing you came to do is what? Wash clothes. If the thing you want to do is to cook, you can play a message to go along with it. There's no problem with that. If you are cleaning the house, which my wife does a lot, you know, just put a message play when she's doing things. It's good. However, if the primary thing you want to do is to hear the word, listen, you can't do any other thing. You are not allowed to multitask. You are not allowed to multitask if the primary thing is you want to hear. Like you say, okay, I have 45 minutes this morning to hear the word. The only thing you are allowed to do is pace up and down if you don't want to sleep. Put the earphones in your ear and walk up and down. Why? It's the word. Occasionally, when you hear a word that hits you, pause the recorder or the player and repeat that word to yourself again and again. Then let it continue playing. Don't multitask. Don't. Don't multitask. Don't. Don't multitask. When is the time for the word? Don't. Don't multitask. Don't multitask. Don't try it. It's one reason why I prefer physical meeting to streaming. Because when you are streaming, I was still following Pastor Corey yesterday. As I was preaching, my wife would still ask me something. And I would still answer. At the point I said, baby, stop asking questions, please. Let me finish this message first. But even me that said it, eh, the temptation to quickly do something. As we were preaching, I collected the dates, chewing dates. 
Can you two days while I'm preaching here? Won't I fall on you? <laughs> and that's the reason why I said, no, please, leave what you are doing. Come, come, come and sit down. Come and sit down. Come and sit down. Come and sit. So that nothing will distract you. Because the major problem we've had with the word of God is that we don't give it enough attention. We don't take it, we don't take it seriously enough. If you find that you doze when they are preaching, I tell you, go and stand at the back. Drink coffee. Same thing, I preach at me, fall asleep. Drink coffee. It's what they call deliver yourself. You know, he said the kingdom of God is preached, and every man who does what? Presses into it. Ah, ah, have you not seen how people do? Even my children. Just to write a junior work and senior work. Remember one day my wife said that she wake my son up. He was in GS, is it GS2. So my wife just got up at night. I said, where are you going? He said, I want to go and wake Benga up. I said, why? He said, he said he has assignment to do. They are preparing for exam. He wants to read. So I, I said, I forbid you. I said, what is he doing? Is he not this uh, promotion exam in the secondary school? So the boy woke up in the morning and was not talking to anybody. He was angry. To his mother, but you say you will wake me up. The mother said, I wanted to, but your father overruled. So that day, I was the one that drove him to school. As I was going, he sat in front of the car. I know that he just sat like that. I was looking, I wasn't saying anything. So I said, Winka, what's the problem? He said, Mommy was supposed to wake me up. <laughs> I said, But I'm the one that said she should do it. Why? I said, Because you need to sleep. But as I dropped that day, he wasn't happy at all. He had planned to wake up and read. And it wasn't, it was not GS2 that time. Yes, it wasn't GS3. That's to do secondary school exam. Yeah, you see adults. To study, they were saying, nah, I know I can't, I just can't keep awake. Just can't keep awake. And yeah, I wonder why the word is not working. If you were the word, will you work? <laughs> you say, check out. But nobody's taking you seriously. I dare us to take the word seriously enough to wake up during the night. So there are these ten, there are these ten scriptures that accumulated over the last few days. Let me inhale them. I'm going to inhale them from 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Set your alarm. So they know there's this kind of waking up you do in which you are still sleeping, but you say you will wake up. So as the alarm goes off, you look at the alarm, say, I'm sleeping, then you wake up. You get up. I'm still sleeping. I'm still sleeping, but you get up, say, sleep, you can continue, but me, I want to inhale my scriptures. I found something that works. Go and wash your face and brush your teeth. But I do those two things, you'll be awake. And please don't go and lie down. Walk around. It's just ten scriptures. Read it. God be gracious to us and bless us. And cause his face to shine on us. Hmm. Sorry, I just, that's open in front of me, so I'm not trying to share any revelation. <laughs> Lord, be gracious to me, you bless me. 
his face will shine upon me. That thy way may be known on the earth, and thy salvation among all the nations. His way will be known on the earth through my life, in the name of Jesus Christ. It's just ten scriptures. You do that one, five minutes. And that one, five minutes. Then you do everything, 15 minutes over, then you can go back and sleep. You know what? Let me tell you something about the word. It's alive. It can go out and open doors. It can tell customers, wait, he's coming. Sometimes, you know the word, one thing about the word of God which is interesting. It does it physically. It's actually coagulating to a person. And say, what are you looking for? Follow me. This man has it. He can do it for you. Whatever he charges you, pay. You will like it. God just got you a good customer. You must say, hello, sir. One man just say, I should come and see you. Are you, one, you are the one that can do this and this. Say, yes, I can do it. All right? How much will you be, how much will you be charging? Say, ah, that's going to take us like four days. Will you pay us like 750000 for that? Remember, it was been told what? Whatever I says unto you, do it. <laughs> And the world doesn't cheat people, though. The man will say, no problem, sir. And you're like, ah, this man did not even bargain. I said, anyway, if you pay us some time, I'll give you 15% discount. You're just trying to bring the price down for him. No problem. And the world will possess you. You will do such a good job for the man. You promise him five days, you'll be done in three and a half days. The man will see the work and say, you are the one that did this. My friend came back from Europe the other day. His own was not as good as this. They'll go and bring his friends. And that's what they call breakthrough. Not because you struggled, but because the word was what? Working. Tell your neighbor the word works. works. Tell somebody else the word works. works. Let me end that uh, plenty talk with this. Let us pay attention. Let's take the word seriously. I like this quote which you hear me give once in a while. Two or three different men of servants of God, a woman and two men, they said about the same thing different ways. In summary, they said, if anybody will give me the same attention they give to doctors, I will get them healed 100% of the times and there will be no cost. That's the only part of it I agreed. I disagreed with. That one, they said what? There will be cost of today you are not going to work. There's a cost of today you are not sleeping. Because what's the man trying to say? If the doctor tells you, take this tablet two times a day, three tablets each time, take it after food. You know, those who desire healing, you know what they do? They take it just like the doctor said. So take it for four weeks and see me in six weeks. They write it on their calendar. I'm due to be in the clinic in six weeks. I'm supposed to take this twice a day after food. For four weeks. The money is not enough, they borrow. That's what the man was saying. Or the man of God, that's what they were saying. You give attention to these people. You listen to, I told you, God didn't say obey. What did he say? Listen. Listen or pay attention. Listen, pay attention. That's what he says. So the man said, listen, if, if you will do, those days, that way, he started what they call healing homes. Not because he wanted to run, he wasn't running a hotel, hotel business. It's just that you come, they lay hands on you. In fact, one of the people that said these words, okay, was Lillian B. Yeomans. 
Liam B. Omas was a physician and surgeon in Canada, I think. And we came to America to come and get healed of our addiction to heroin. And all they gave her was a Bible to read. Um, she came to Alexander Dowie's homes in Chicago. The man didn't even see her. He did not pray for her. It was one of the elders there that came to see her, talked with her, and told her to read the Bible. That's the reason why they had homes there. That they realized that it's not everybody you could just lay hands on and they get healed and go. Many people, they need to sit down, let the spirit, no, just enter into them. Enter into them. If you are there, you attend services in the morning, in the afternoon and evening, where they worship and teach the word. Many people never get the chance to get prayed for, just like Lillian B. Yomans, before she got healed. And she went away. A lot of people don't know how to be strong. There's one man I said you should call you the other day. Did he ever call you? I laughed. I said, that man doesn't, he didn't want anything. I don't know where he got my number from. Most of people call my number. If I don't know who's calling, I don't answer. You don't blame me. If you're in my position, you'll do the same. That day, I don't know why. I picked the call. Hello. Who's this? Is that Pastor Banky? I said, who's calling? Why are you calling? He said, please, I'll explain myself. So we don't know each other. He said, is that Pastor Banky? I said, I'm not going to answer you. He said, please, I'll explain myself. I said, sir, let me apologize. But I don't talk to people I don't know why they explain themselves. He said, let me explain. I said, sir, call my assistant pastor. If that's the case, then you can talk to him. Then I gave me your number to call you. He now sent me a message that he's sick, he needs prayer. In my mind, I've given you a word, call this man. When Naaman came, if you really have it, when Naaman came to Elisha, did, did Elisha come out? So I kept on waiting. If he had called you, you know what you would have done. Eventually, you and I probably would have spoken with him and may have prayed with him. But I said, you can't even obey a simple instruction. Naaman said, I thought he would come out. He will wave his hand over the place. And the servant said, oh God, it's not like that. He's a prophet. You don't tell prophets how to do it. He said, you know, uh, Elisha said, strong man. The man came, go, go, go. General Nama wants to see you. Are you the prophet? No. I'm the servant of the prophet. So can we come in? No. The prophet said I should tell you to tell your master to go to the Jordan and dip seven times. And he closed the door. <laughs> Someone said, what? Even in Nassau Rock, I don't get treated like this. <laughs> Elijah, don't close the door. The man was living angry. Then the servant said, oh God, wait. How much did he say you should pay? Nothing. Thank you. He said you should jump over the moon? No. What did he say? Go to the Jordan and dip seven times. Sir, Jordan is not far. It's not going to cost us anything. Do you know it cost Naman a lot? It cost him his pride. Yes. And that's what God does a lot of times. Say, this thing you are holding on to, give it to me. Naman went there. So God, we close our eyes. <laughs> Nama went in, one time came out. Gradual improvement was what he expected. Nothing. So he's not walking. So God, he said seven times. 
Is that how the medicine in Israel works? I mean, <laughs> supposed to be improving small, small. He said, oh God. He says, ah, God. God shattered the pride of Naaman. He did. Ah, he did. He did. He did, though. May your pride be shattered. Amen. So that your healing can come. Amen. Healing of every sort will come to you. Iman went, he dipped the sixth time, and by that time he was sure it wasn't going to work. But the servant said, okay, you've done six. One more will not kill anybody. <laughs> I can just imagine. That servant that spoke that word to Naman, he should have promoted him. <laughs> he was the one that got healed. In fact, I think Naman got healed on that guy's face. <laughs> yes. Because he was the one that said, okay, please. Naman went in the sixth, seventh time, came out. And I was wondering who came out. Is maybe this? <laughs> ah! These guys look like, what? They began to shout, ah, the God of Elijah is the only God. <laughs> I, I thought of that even I told that man to call. I said, let me say that this man will call. He refused. You, diso- you disobeyed the word of the... This is the same prophet you want to pray for you. The only instruction I give, you disobeyed it. For that reason, I did not regret not talking to him. I said, you're not a serious person. The word, what am I going to say? Let's give it what? Attention. Let's treat it with seriousness. Listen, you know, you know, I was in my wife, I was telling me the other day, about somebody who came to her, asked some questions. My wife just said to her, here, say, please, just come around. Hear the word. For how many days did you say? Is it three weeks? Okay, I think you said six weeks. He said, within six weeks, you will get all your answers. The person wanted to answer now. And she left and didn't come back. You know what made me laugh? I told her, I said, she's very lucky. I said, she's lucky she met you. If not, this weekend, so you meet. This guy's prescription is six months. I told her, you give somebody six months, you couldn't obey. Ah. I said, he should have met Pastor Kemote. Or if Pastor Kemote look like, say, these are the issues in your life. He said, yes. You look at it, which month are we now? March. We'll discuss again in September. But between now and then, I must see you every week. If he doesn't see you, he moves you to October. You know the transition? Most times, for those who bought that to obey, they never come back to see him. They just come, because the word works. They will tell you, say, oh God, I don't need you again. I found something better than you, man of God. Go, sit down. I found the word. <laughs> they don't say it like that, but... That's how they react. Just by paying attention to the word regularly. Their problems go away. Healings come. Confusion disappears. Just by paying attention. But people just want to lay hands on me. Right now. Right now. Right now. Many times it doesn't work like that. But there's one that works assuredly. The continual infusion with the word of God. It works assuredly. It heals any kind of disease. And it's not only disease, it heals. No, it heals relationships. Yes, it says confused lives, right? Mm. One day we went to Port Harcourt. I saw one of our sisters, you know? The person passed, came in. I saw one very pretty looking lady. I, look, I didn't think, I just said, this face looks a bit familiar. I didn't think anything of her. Then time she came to greet me, Pastor, ah! I shouted, it's you! <laughs> I could, I said, is that you? He says, sir, you don't know what the word has done in my life. That's why I'm talking about it. I saw transformation. Ah, you know, I said, what? 
It was after the meeting when she came to greet me and said, what? Is this you? She burst into laughter. He said, oh God, the word has worked in me. Send me that you are saying is a product of the word. I'll be honest with you, I hardly recognized her. She was so transformed. It was hard for me. She was there during the meeting when I was preaching. I just said, this face looks you know, vaguely familiar. Until the end, when she came to greet me, I said, ah, so truly, it is you. He says, it's not my, oh guy, it's not your fault. I didn't recognize even me. I can't recognize myself. <laughs> I'm adding words to it now. It's even me. It's hard for me to recognize myself. Please, oh, listen to another thing. Let me just say something about the word. You can't hear it, solve your problem, and walk away from it. It doesn't work like that. Walking with the word is a new level of life you are walked into. It's not now I've gotten healed, I'm going. No, it has to go with you. What it did was to take you out from a particular realm and put you into a new realm of walking. In that new realm of walking, things are different. Listen to this, genes are actually different. The genes that work in you are actually different. In your body, there are so many bad genes. It's normal, it's not, in, it's not a familiar cause unique to your family, it's everywhere. But you know what? They can be silenced. God does genetic, genetic engineering. You find some good ones you put in there as a result of a blessing. You activate them. But that new structure, that new you know, scenario of working in your body, you have to maintain. He said he sustains all things by what? The word of his power. So when there's a new life he has given, it's only sustained by the way he produced it, which is through the word of God. I hope you're getting my point. Listen to me. I began to try to explain something to us. I'm still trying to get back to the main message for the day. I was if we don't reach there now. You know, we're always coming back. We'll come back again. Because we're talking about the working of prophecy. I want to talk about the, re- the work we have to do. And I got into this issue of how, how we work by grace. That, that's what I just got into. How we work by grace. Okay? The main thing I wanted to preach before Maybe I'll introduce it again, which is why we read from the book of Amos. That listen, Christians don't succeed, we've said it many times, by labor. We succeed by grace. What is grace? It's discovery of the word of God, which activates a particular power in our lives. If you're having any struggles, now listen to me, I want to give you instructions. If you have any struggles, take your scriptures and go and pray. Take time out and say, Lord, what is the word for this season? Yeah, you need a word. If you hear that word, if you hear that word, you need a word for that season. That issue will not be solved by better planning. That's the mistake we make as believers. We think if I plan better, you know, I strategize better, then the problem will go away. It doesn't work like that, though. It does not work like that. You have to hear something new. You have to hear something different. You have to hear something fresh. The word of God does not always make sense. Like this is what you are going to do. No. See, there's a story I've told many times, but I will not stop telling it. You know why? I've not seen anyone better. And again, I have one senior brother. His name is Kennedy Hagee. He told the same story, I don't know how many, hundreds of times, and we kept on hearing and hearing in life. So allow me to tell my old story. If you tell me that I've heard it before, it's your problem. Me, I'll tell it again. Me, I'm telling you, think I've not heard it before. Please listen to this, because it illustrates for me perfectly how the word works, or how the word is confusing in the way it works, but it works. I was a young student. Believe me, I was very young. I was not even 20 that time. 
But I was head of my fellowship. And I just finished preaching like this that day. No, we just finished our, our fellowship meeting on campus. So I was standing in front, just talking to people. One sister just walked up to me. I remember she called me Pastor Banky. They started calling me Pastor Banky that time. When I looked in her face, I was standing a bit higher up on a kind of platform. Her face was swollen, eyes red. You know she's been crying. She said, pray for me. I said, what is it? So I'm about to be withdrawn from my faculty. And she had been crying. Young, I was a student. Waiting concern student. Concern withdrawal from faculty. So I just, I didn't know what to say immediately. I didn't rush to pray. I just said, please, I'll come and see you later. What's your room number? She told me she's in hall two. So I said, okay. I can't remember it, but I just said maybe tomorrow evening around five, maybe on my way to class, I'll stop by and see you. Thank God I did not refuse to go because she was waiting. And when I knocked, who is it? It's me. She opened the door. Ah, her face, you know, lit up when she saw me. And gave me a chair and I sat down. Before then, I had gone to pray. God, what do I, how do I handle this young woman's case? Do you know the truth? It didn't cross my mind that who do we know in the faculty? Sometimes it's good not to know anybody. It didn't cross my mind. You know, when was I teaching recently? I said, look, Mary and Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. All they knew was that all our results is in Christ Jesus. That was the summary of everything. So that day, it didn't cross my mind. Who do we know? Um, you know, if he's now, you tell me that kind of thing. Unbelief is terrible. Though. First thing I said is that, which faculty? You know, because I now know people. People who answer me, sir. They are now deans. If I the current dean of that very faculty, he answers me, sir, if I talk to him. Yes, the current dean of that faculty. say, professor, if I call him now, he say, ah, sir. That's why the issue is. So if somebody comes from that department to them, you, find that, you know what the first thing I'll do? I carry the phone and call the dean. Eh, and, I'll call it, and I'll call him, Brother Mike. And he says, sir, please, one of my young ladies is in your department. I heard you want to withdraw her from your faculty. What's going on? They will start explaining. Okay, what can you do for her? Because I'm asking. Unbelief. See what unbelief has done? Then I was too young. The young woman must have been about my age too. All of us, no experience, nothing. Students under the same body. Under the same yoke. <laughs> so the only thing I could do was what? Pray. So I prayed. It didn't cross my mind. How do we handle this? I just went to her room that it knocked. Come in. Huh? Gave me a chair, sat down. And she sat up. And I began to, oh God, I was anointed that day. I still remember it. And I began to share the word. I began to explain. What did I explain? I said nothing about academics. I said nothing about how to get out of the quagmire. Nothing. I was just talking about we have been redeemed in Christ. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Nothing shall by any means move us. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Not death. Not failure. They're just quoting those little, little scriptures that we knew. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. I said, I was quoting funny scriptures that didn't address, okay, oh boy, what will I now do? What I remember, which I can never forget, was the way her face continued to lighten up. Became brighter and brighter. By the time I was leaving, she couldn't stop laughing and smiling. As she saw me off, her face was full of light. He said, they looked to him and they were radiant. And their faces were no longer ashamed. And I left. I had escaped. 
What else could I do? And the Holy Spirit made me forget. I didn't remember. To even ask her how far. Then I stood in that same spot one day again after fellowship. She walked up to me again. And I said, Pastor Banky, I just want to update you on that matter I told you. But I said, okay, yes, so how far? He said, the dean said that what I need to do now is repeat this course and repeat this one. And if I can do this and this, they won't withdraw me again. So I have another chance. God of miracles. <laughs> now my power. Why I like that story is that I said nothing about the situation. I didn't know what to say. But the word of God is alive, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. That word got up, said, what do we do? Change this, change this. Give her this opportunity. And the dean said, yes, sir, to the word. Let's rest of it. We'll continue next time talking about why we read the book of Amos chapter 3. Surely the Lord God does nothing. He wants the prophets to prophesy. We participate in, with him in what he wants to do on the earth, but he, we're not going to talk about that today. He did not give us that privilege. Hopefully we'll be able to do it next time. Everybody, make your commitment to the word again. Say, Lord, early will I seek you. Earnestly will I seek you. I will seek your word. I will seek your word. I will seek your word. I will rise up early to hear what you will say to me. I will stand on my guard posts to hear what you will say to me. I pray, pray, pray. I'm not hearing you pray. Pray to the Lord. I am going to stand on my guard posts to hear what you, what you will say to me. I'm quoting from Habakkuk. Say, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. I am going to listen now for your word. Habakkuk said, I will stand on my guard posts and station myself on that watchtower. I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. Say to the Lord, that's what I'm going to do. I'm quoting from Habakkuk chapter 2. That's verse 1. Say, Lord, speak your word to me. Open my ears. Don't let my ears be dull. Ah. Pray for grace to hear. It's important. Pray. Say, Lord, give me the grace to hear. Give me the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. Let's ask for help for everything. Say, Lord, help me to pay attention. Say to the Lord, help me to pay attention. Help me, Lord, to pay attention. Help me, Lord, to pay attention. Help me, Lord, to pay attention. That is what I need, attention, attention, attention. That's what you need, attention. Lord, help me. Say, Lord, I rebuke distractions. In my life, I reject distractions. I reject distractions from the word. Help me, Father, to pay attention. Help me, Lord, to pay attention. And let me hear your voice. Give me this day my daily bread. It's an important prayer. You're having problems in your business, say, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. You're having issues with your health, say, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. You don't know what to do with your life. Say, Lord, give me my daily bread. I need bread from heaven. That's what bread from heaven is. Say, Lord, give me my bread from heaven. When Jesus taught us to pray, I said, the scriptures testify of Jesus. When he said, our Father who art in heaven, that will be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is written in heaven. He said, give us this day our daily bread. What was he asking for? The word from heaven. Jesus said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. 
In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. That word is Christ Jesus. That word is Christ Jesus. So when he said, give us this their daily bread, it is the word that came from heaven that he was sent where we should ask for. So pray with conviction, that Lord, give me my bread for today. Give me my bread for today. The word of consecration, the word of ministry, the word of healing, the word of family joy. The word is a word. Is a word. Let me see the face of Jesus. That's what you should pray for. Lord, give me the word that delivers. Remember this testimony of that man who was delivered from the addiction to cigarettes. Somebody will be delivered today. Yes, deliverance, deliverance. The deliverance that we need is in the word. The word is our deliverance. Give us this day our deliverance. Ask the Lord to give you his day, your own day, your bread for today. Your bread. Your bread. Say, Lord, give me my bread for today. Lord, speak a word to me. Speak your word. Speak your word to me. And Lord, let me hear it so that Jesus will be glorified. I receive perfect healing from the word, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. What does the word say about healing? Himself took my infirmities and my diseases, and by his stripes I have been healed. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases. And by his stripes, I have been healed. How would he do it? I don't know. But he himself took my infirmities and my diseases. And by his stripes, I have been healed. That's what he says. Open that scripture and read it to yourself again and again. That's from Isaiah chapter 53. Read it in verse 5. He himself took my infirmities. Read it over. Listen. Every thought of affliction, read that scripture over. The word works. The word works. He says, old days, he said, no, I'll be young and I'll be old, but I'll be full of sap. Moses was 120 years old. This are, look, scripture is just to get acquainted with the mind of God. Just take that mind of God and release it. That's what it's called logos. Release it, activate it with your tongue. Is anybody in lack? <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's all you need. Just say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It makes me lie down in green pastures. I feel like, let's read that together. I would like us to read it together. Psalm 23. Most of us know it by heart. But if you have a new American standard, let's read that one from there. But whichever version you know by heart, just recite it. Are you ready? This is the word of God. Though. This is not nursery rhyme. I hope you get my point. We're not playing. It's not uh, this and uh, a lot of this and uh, heaven and uh, not want. No, it's good we learned in nursery school. But this is activation of the promises. It's release of his power into our lives. Do you get my point? So one, two, let's go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. 
my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now begin to give the Lord thanks for this. Look at those scriptures. Recite them to yourself again. We've read them together. Just say, the Lord is my shepherd. Father God, I thank you. Because you are my shepherd, I shall not want. You supply all my needs according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside quiet waters. You restore my soul. You rejuvenate my soul. You waken me up. You strengthen me according to your word. You guide me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. I will not follow this world. I will not fall for the temptation of the devil. But I will walk in the path of righteousness. Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, no matter the temptation and trials, no matter what they used to try to scare me, I will fear no evil. Lord, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, your word, your correction, they comfort me. Oh, Lord, abundance is my portion because you prepare a table before me. I don't need my enemies to die. <laughs> In the presence of my enemies, you prepare a table. No matter those who don't like me, you prepare a table before me. No matter what they have arranged against me, you still prepare a table before me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, Lord, goodness, your goodness, your loving kindness, your mercy, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the name of Jesus. Quick, let's go to Psalm 91. Let's see Psalm 91 also. Beautiful Psalms, beautiful words. Psalm 91. We'll read it together again, and then we'll meditate on those scriptures. Listen, those are powerful words, though. Are you there? Want to let's go? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now say that again to the Lord. My refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Say to him again, you are my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The last time, my refuge, my fortress. My God in whom I trust. We have verse 3. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. Please listen to this, please. There's something my children and I and my wife will do in the house with this. When we are reading this, we've learned it. It's a personal thing. Are you going to In fact, when I say, let's read Psalm 91, they know. They personalize it. This is how we read it. For it is he who delivers me from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. The only one will now go directly because the Lord was speaking. It's when we get to verse 14. See, because he loved me, says the Lord. You know that? Yeah, that one will say that. One. But every other thing, we personalize it. When we get to that one too, in meditation, we can personalize it. So let's do the personalization of this as we go on. Let's go again from verse 3. For it is he who delivers me from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover me with his pinions. Under his wings, I will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. I will not be afraid of the terror by night, of the tarot that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not approach me. I will only look on with my eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For I have made the Lord my refuge. Even the most are my dwelling place. No evil will befall me, nor any plague come near my tent. For I will give his angels charge concerning me to guard me in all my ways. They will bear me up in their hands, 
that I do not strike my foot against a stone. I will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent I will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. That's the Lord saying. I will set him securely on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Now, let's start that 14 to 16 personalized. Now, we just wanted to hear what God was saying. Now, we are going to repeat what he said, apply to our lives in meditation. Do it in your own time. All right? Just read it to yourself. Do you get my point? I'm going to read like this. Lord, I love the Lord. He will deliver me. He will set me securely and high because I know his name. I will call upon him and he will answer me. He will be with me in the time of trouble. He will rescue me, and I will honor him. I will praise his name, and I will give him all the glory. With a long life, he will satisfy me, and I will see his salvation. In this my life, I will see the power of God. In this my life, I will see the deliverance of the Almighty. I will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. I will see miraculous power around me. As I minister the word of God, people will be healed. As I counsel with my friends, they will receive the insight of God. Yes, I will see the angels of God at work. I will see the power of God at work. Because of the promise of God in my life. He said, because I have loved him, he will deliver me. He will set me securely on high. Because I have known his name. What is his name? My deliverer. What is his name? My shepherd. What is his name? My keeper. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is the shade at my right hand. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is the shade at my right hand. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is the shade at my right hand. Yes, that is his name. That is his name. Because I have known his name. Yes, he will deliver me. He will be with me in the time of trouble. He will rescue me and I will honor him. With long life, he will satisfy me. And I will see his salvation. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let me just say this to us and then we'll close with it. Please remember this. David said, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. What does that mean? It's very simple. You know, I thought about it. I didn't do a count, but you will agree with me. The person, the noun, the person, okay? The person that's most talked about in the scriptures is God. If you have to check somebody who is who's referred to most in the Bible, is the Lord. Think about it for a moment. Genesis chapter 1 says what? In the beginning? Uh, wait, in the beginning? In the beginning? That, as soon as we started in the Bible... What do you hear? God. Next line. And the earth was without form and void, and the spirit of and darkness was on the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering. That's it. You hear God again. Next, what do you hear? And and what? Next verse. And God said. Every day, what do you hear? And God said. Every line. And God said. And then God saw that it was good. Go and read it. Read your Bible. God everywhere. Read the Psalms. Everyone. God. God. If you check God, the Lord, He, those pronouns that refer to Him, I think is God. You will agree with me. That nobody in the scriptures was spoken about more than God. Nobody. And when you get to the New Testament, it is God and Christ. Thank you. His Son, Jesus. As one. You see? I and the Father are one. So it's the same thing. So David said, magnify the Lord with me. 
What does it mean? Please stop talking about Buhari, it is enough. Stop talking about APC, it is enough. Ukraine is not about Putin, it's about the Lord. What happened, Lord, that you have unleashed anger upon Ukraine? That is to be your question. Not which kind of man is Putin. Which kind of man was Nebuchadnezzar? Which kind of man was the king of Assyria? Which kind of man were those people that God raised against his own people? They called them the weapon of my wrath. Concerning Ukraine is about God. Concerning Nigeria is about who? God. Concerning your life is about who? Just everything. Just think about who? God. If you are looking for a walk, don't say this country. This country is nothing. It is who? God. Say jobs are scarce in this country. So? My God gives jobs anytime. You often say God doesn't look for jobs. He doesn't say that ah, you need work now. Let me find work for you. There's nothing like that. He will pick you and say, this is the work I created you to do. He creates it for you. It's not as if, ah, Michael, Gabriel, please let me check. How many vacancies do they still have in um, the Federal Ministry of Finance, Enugu District? Gabriel will now come and say, they are like, uh, they, they need 15 people. Oh. Hey, and this, my son, has a BSc in, in uh, uh, accounting. You know. Gabriel, take him there. Tell him I sent you. Remember, they can help him. Just say, I'm the angel of God. This is the Lord's son. Do you have vacancy? Rubbish and nonsense. <laughs> if God, God wanted you to work there, they would put a table, label it. Why? Before you knew that place existed. When they say all things are yours, it's not a joke. The space that is mine, it was created because of me. It's not like they look for empty space and they put me there. I'm not a game of chance. Blessings are commanded. He said, from there, God commanded the blessings. Blessings are commanded. No, he said, because he has known my name. You need to go and know the name of God. When he calls him provider, it's not the one that looks for and finds. No, he creates the provision. No provider, I say, God, when they pay salary, I'll find you something. That's not God. <laughs> he creates provisions. Is it Ezekiel chapter 16 thereabouts? He said, I saw you in your blood and I said, leave. Once he said, leave, everything necessary to make you leave began to come together. Let's close by worshiping the Lord. Just raise those hands and call him his name. Call him his name. Provider. Now you know the name of provider. Magnify the Lord. Nigeria won't find you a job. God created one for you and put it in Nigeria. Or whatever he has kept it. America won't find you a job. God creates your job and keeps it wherever he chooses. You don't run up and down looking for work. God created one and said, you go and occupy it.